Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get this show completely ad-free, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash ndtechs. You will also receive two extra posts a week. And once the college football season gets rolling, some extended podcast episodes from Shane and I. Again, that can be done at patreon.com slash ndtex for just $1 a month. And come join new patrons Stephanie J, Winston P, Dan P, and Melty. Thank you all for your continued support. Since we are sons. Welcome to another edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can catch our podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. Make sure the Sims coming soon. We're just a couple weeks away. Give us a follow over at twitch.tv slash herloyalsons. And of course, you can always find us at our home, at least for the rest of the season, at HerLoyalSons.com. And with that, I bring in Shane. Shane, how are you doing, sir? Ah, I feel like I have whiplash. There's just so little information and yet so much of it. <laughs> I know. It's it's something else. Everybody, you can tell how hungry the media was uh, as they hurriedly tweeted as much as they could out before Kelly's presser because there was definitely a live tweet man on practice. Uh, I was like, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was glued to my Twitter feed until it finally dawned on me. We're not getting shit until PK actually comes out. Yeah, Um, you're sitting there at noon, ghost town, one o'clock, what's going on, two o'clock. Have they, are they, were they taken prisoner? (laughs) Screwed up my lunch break, man. Messing with my lunch plans. Well, uh, we're at the beginning of the end. We won't rehash what we talked about uh, in the last episode, but just in case you missed it, you might want to go back and listen to the at least the end of last episode. This is going to be our final season, but we're ready to go. I told Shane before we started this, I was dragging ass a little bit as I left work. Had a venti of cold brew coursing through my veins, so I'm ready to go, Shane. I'm ready to go. Is your blood pressure? Because I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My blood pressure at this point. So true story. I was at the dentist last week and they took my blood pressure and they're like, are you having a heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. It's like, do you typically get nervous when you come here? Or I'm like, no, I guess wow. this is just me normally. I apologize. The season uh, but anyway. approaches. Yeah, I know. Like I said. Beginning of the end, but I'm extremely excited if you can't hear it in my voice, but let's oh, go yeah. ahead and dive right into it. Uh, let's at least say what we don't have, which we expected to have at this point, especially when we originally planned this podcast. We thought we would have captains named. That will apparently mm-hmm. happen Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So for all we know, you're listening to this podcast and you know more than we do at this point. Sure. Uh, a starting quarterback will be named sometime next week, even though I, I personally think it's pretty clear. And why don't we start there, Shane? Um, yeah. Even though he didn't name one, 
I, I think by all accounts, with the way he was talking about Jack Cohen, is especially in the presser, how he was surprised with his arm strength and giving him the, he's more athletic than you guys think he is. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. D- d- do you really see any way that it's Drew Pine starting? I mean, we know Buckner definitely isn't. I think that's abundantly clear. But uh-huh. I don't see any way that he's not the guy taking snaps when we head out to Tallahassee. Yeah, I'll double down and say it is definitely not Drew Pine. Insofar as that, it, the if anything, what today seemed to reveal is that the, I don't know, maybe the actual competition is for backup, and it seems to be between Pine and Buckner. Uh, so, but no, I, I think it's going to be Jack Cohn. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's a question, and I think it's. Yeah, he got he got what feels like a death kiss when he said, "Oh, he's more mobile than you realize," or whatever the fuck. It's like, please don't talk about Dane Chris. Let's not talk about Dane Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I suspect. I mean, all by all accounts, the leadership you know traits oh, traits the but but oh, traits boy. are there um, are being identified and he was he was lauded by Matt Bayless for his work in the weight room or what have you. I I I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, we were expecting, you know, uh, a big block of like soft Swiss cheese from from Wisconsin uh, in Jack Cohen, and instead we got an incredibly aggressive sharp cheddar. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Yeah, and uh, the other thing is, I mean, when you see highlights and stuff, it's usually Cohen slinging the ball uh, as well. So I, I really don't expect anything else to come out of it. And honestly, I think that's fine. It feels to me I have a different take on, on the QB battling because I don't think Buckner's really battling for backup QB position now. I think really it was more, hey, Drew, we're, we're going to give you a shot. Uh, and yes, obviously we brought Jack in because we think he can start for us, but we're, we're not just going to yank the rug out from under you. You, you think you deserve to be the starting quarterback here at Notre Dame. You got the spring and you got a couple weeks of fall camp to prove yourself. And Mm -hmm. after that, Hey, we gave it a good try because, uh, at least where he was talking about Buckner was, uh, in response to the question of, are you going to have red zone packages for him? Are you going to have very specific things, which I found interesting because Kelly all, but basically said, it's a, it's a direct quote. He's a dynamic player and you want to get them out on the field, but you need to make sure they're prepared. So he wasn't ready to rule it out, but he wasn't ready to say, yeah, this guy that could do the read option, we definitely want to have like a, a belldozer type package or something special for him to be there at the goal line to, to keep people honest. Uh, so I think that's good because that means Buckner is going where we hope he's going to go. And he's going to make an impact in this team some way. And he's already raising enough eyebrows in the coaching staff of, we're going to try to find a way to get this kid the ball some way, shape, or form. Just tap the brakes. Not, not quite yet. He's still got to he's gotta get get ready first. Because he hasn't played football in two years. So yeah, we, we need to get him back into uh, the swing of things. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and... and- I, I, I'm supportive of the idea. I don't think there's anything to be lost from getting Tyler Buckner some place. I mean, some live snaps in, in, in interesting game scenarios. I mean, you may not need to wait till, you know, the third quarter to mix things up. Maybe they throw him in a package, like, I don't know, at, at the end of the first quarter just to keep the defense on their toes and then, you know, maybe never bring it back. Something like that would still have, I think, enough of an impact to give him a chance. 
Speaking of the the quarterback position, I mean, let's talk about the folks that are in front of them because we have similar situation there, at least in terms of we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and we got a grad transfer there, but we maybe can put a few pieces together. And that on the offensive line, I mean, the only thing that at least Brian Kelly has stated for certain is that we are going to have uh, Patterson as the center. We know that uh-huh. for sure. There was a little bit yeah. of talk about Zeke Carell possibly because of his size starting at center and maybe shifting Patterson to a guard position. And BK, uh, even before this practice, I mean, he, he basically shot it down over the weekend once they, they kick things off. It's like, yeah, he's the center. And we know Josh Lugg is going to play. And beyond that, we don't know anything else for sure. So I have a theory for you, Shane. I mentioned this pre-show. Me because I, I, I don't. Go for it. Yeah, so <laughs> so I, I have a theory. I think we have something similar in the grad transfer thing to where he didn't want to outright name. This is the obvious part of the theory. So this isn't the theory itself. But that K. Madden was, by all intents and purposes, going to be a starter. And he kind of gave it away, too. And um, it was either Tyler James or Kansan of the South Bend Tribune. Uh, they mentioned in their recap today that Kelly kind of gave it away because they asked, well, are you thinking about maybe would Kane play left or right guard? And then it wasn't even a question. It was only right guard that they were considering him, which if you're really flexible and somebody's really fighting for playing time, you, you don't pigeonhole them. So. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Lug, he'll probably play right tackle because of his size. He's probably not going to play guard. And this is where the theory comes in. So so with that, you have Patterson at center. You got Lug at right tackle. You got Mann at right guard. So that leaves the left tackle, who we are pretty sure we know that Fisher is going to start. It's a true freshman. Yeah. And that leaves the left guard position. Okay. Now... Some of you know that if you've been paying attention to my Twitter feed, I went out on an island in true Her Loyal Sons tradition when Doug Farmer of uh, ND on NBC or NBC Sports ND. God, I'm forgetting what in the world it's called now. <laughs> there, so ND forgive me, Doug. NBC. But it, annually we ranked 25 players. And I was the only one that ranked Mr. Spindler because I liked what I saw in the Blue Gold game. But I also had the prediction that I thought he would crack crack the lineup so i'm eventually going to have this more fleshed out in the post as well but i felt like at minimum he's going to push somebody to be better than him and he's going to elevate the layer of maybe uh, a z Carell, which still very well could happen but i really have a feeling and this is the theory shane is that i feel like the reason that we have somebody like Kane Madden and why they aggressively sought him out wasn't just because, yeah, we could get an All-American uh, guard. I mean, obviously you want to do that, but also has to do with why it was so quick to name Patterson center. I feel like Notre Dame is taking a look at its offensive line and saying, if we want to actually put the best talent out here, it's going to involve two freshmen. Hmm. And Rocco would be one of those freshmen. And he's the one that is in doubt right now. I think that's what they're leaning towards. And that is why you have the moves that you do. Because if you don't have Patterson anchoring the line at center, obviously you're not thinking about having Rocco play in any way, shape, or form. So so that's my theory right now is that we could very well see one side of this line being comprised of freshmen. And that is... Quite, I mean, you don't really think about that happening at all, but I honestly think that's where uh, the Irish are leaning now. What, what are your thoughts on on that? 
Is it possible that you're doing the thing where like you take a sentence and then you do like a zoom and enhance on the spaces between words and then you put in blanks, like blank lines that aren't there by extrapolating that uh what that one cause one cause is, has an effect on the others i mean i understand the uh possibilities that like nailing down jared patterson is a center i i understand that the potentials are opened up for yeah they must be able to consider now rocco spindler but does that mean they are considering him is really my question because i think yes they brought in Kane madden and they said i don't know what you guys are talking about this whole left guard shit we only want him at right guard which seems like, you know, way too specific a, a determination for somebody that you transfer into your program from, you know, to, to quote-unquote help the line, you know, get to where it needs to be this season. There must be some therefore consideration for Rocco. But I feel like since the spring revelation period that the coaching staff had with him, it's been more so like, a, okay, we know what we have in the coffers. We know what's on the shelf. Let's let that mature you know, in the capacity that it it needs to, because he, regardless of his raw talent, it seemed like his his feature or his his strongest asset was his raw strength, um, and ultimately it, his his I guess his skill around it needed to be refined. Um, and I'm not certain that the determination that Jared Patterson is going to play center uh, necessarily re- requires there to be the consideration for him to be in the rotation to start. Um, I know Blake Fisher is a foregone conclusion, or at least it feels like one. Uh, I, I would I would agree. I would be inclined to agree that he's definitely a much more likely candidate to start in the in the first rotate rotation of five. But I don't know that there's a therefore Rocco part to that thought process. I definitely feel like there is, mostly because I, I was dumb enough to do the ranking. And you're damn right. I look in between words and everything else. That's how I got involved in this blogger and podcast bullshit to begin <laughs> with. That's what you got to do. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, look, am I saying that Rocco is going to be this outright stud that starts in Tallahassee and plays and starts every single game? Now, that that's a little bit more of a rocky conclusion. That part I'll agree with. But I think at some point – it. it I don't see making these moves unless that is a super strong consideration by the Irish coaching staff uh, to where, you know, again, it's similar to where you, you bring in the grad transfer. You say, OK, somebody go beat them. You got a chance to. And I think uh, the spring and the first first few practices have made it clear nobody's going to beat them, especially with the way he was talking about them. Uh, and then it does open up the the possibility for you to be considering the the younger mm-hmm. talent in there. Now, for for all we know, that's the consideration right now. And then Spindler, just for whatever reason, fall camp they don't feel comfortable. And then Zeke Zeke gets the start instead. He starts mm-hmm. over him at least for a period of time. I think at the end of the day, though, I think the bottom line is that we're in a really interesting spot to where. Any other season, if we had come into, God, we don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. And I had some worry, you know, going into Mm -hmm. the season as well about that. But now when I start to think of the possibilities and you hear about all these, quote unquote, transformational things and how people are looking and how strong they're getting and everything. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's the ever optimistic period of time in fall camp. But I am actually sitting here today on August 12th 
not really as scared about the offensive line as I once was. I'm expecting some hiccups. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like last year, but I'm feeling pretty confident about this unit right now, a hell of a lot more so than I did uh, probably a couple months ago. Yeah, I think I think before the information of K Madden's transfer even was on the table, there was just this a, a lot of like a wait. Well, who who's left? Who's coming back? They play where? How long? Since when? You know, how many returning starts? There were just so many. Like it doesn't feel like you know. Now it feels a little bit more like at least it, there's like a ripple effect. At least knowing Jared Patterson's going back to the position that we all love him at, like, like makes everything else feel a little bit safer. Right. You know? <laughs> so. and, and honestly, I do I do wonder if you feel like you don't have a guard that you could put out there and you're forced to move Patterson. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's the opposite ripple effect. You're moving him because you feel like there's a weakness over here. And now you're going to have to plug something in on the back end that maybe you weren't ready to do yet or you would have not have preferred to do. I feel like in a very weird roundabout way, we've actually been able to nailing that down at least knowing the other options that are around for the other pieces of the line. The fact we're even starting a, and, and having so matter of fact that you have a blindside freshman mm. <laughs> and, and that being a fact and we're not all freaking out about it is kind of incredible to, to say the least. And, yeah. and, you know, Fisher looks incredible and he is recovering from an injury right now. He wasn't out in the field. He's still going through a concussion protocol. So nobody was able to see him mauling people today. So don't freak out if you don't see anything on a practice report. He just flat out wasn't out there. But yeah. the fact that that's almost a, a definite fact right now is is kind of incredible and, and not feeling like the sky is falling. A la, you know, going way back to 2007 when it was like, oh, I feel a little awkward with this line. How's it going to work? It's just not the same feeling, and it's it's kind of a weird, comfortable position to be in right now. I don't know. I don't know how to handle this, Shane. Yeah, it's 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 uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable <laughs> to have such 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 uh, confidence in something that you know so little about, and yet it feels so right. Right, and I mean that that was a lot of you know uh, how how BK was talking about the team. He almost had a demeanor of. Yeah, I know my team's really good, and I don't feel like I need to brag about it, but I also feel like I need to... He, he didn't feel the need to call people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the only instance of something like that was, uh, we're going to switch to receivers, uh, because Keyes apparently made a hell of a play over Kyle Hamilton, and BK said, hey, that's what we need from you every day. That kind of effort. Yeah. Now, the fact that we have a guy that we've been waiting to to kind of make that next step in keys, beating a, a top five pick in the NFL draft is good to hear. Granted, it's one play, but he's, ta- he's talked about in his first press conference that these guys made transformational, you know, strength games and everything, which is always fun coach speak about how bigger and stronger everybody got. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that is for certain is that uh, apparently, Kevin Austin is is for real. Uh, people yeah. were gushing about him, to say the least, and it's very quick to highlight uh, that he is not just some kind of deep threat or whatever. And as BK joked, it's like, I got everybody's emails inside this room that I needed to go <laughs> vertical, which was absolutely hilarious. So uh, but they're saying, it's like, you know, Austin's not this deep threat. He could kind of do everything. He's a possession receiver. He's a speed receiver. He can make people look ridiculous. And 
and, and make the tough catches. So if he is truly healthy, BK said this is the first time we've had this guy healthy since he's been here. I, that's really what we're hoping for, is for Austin to make that impact. And if this team is going to be any kind of New Year's Six contender or playoff contender, it's got to start with Kevin Austin being able to stay healthy all year long because I feel like that makes all the difference in the world about how I feel for sure about this lineup, whether Kevin Austin is in or out. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I, if anyone has a chance that, that hasn't yet, go go back and look at uh, the, the just the, the few plays that he was focused on uh, in, in, in today's uh, highlights because it... I'm I'm gonna maybe draw a little bit of ire for this for this comparison, but his presence on the field, his ah, his athleticism, his like natural, his raw movement ability is that it had that same feeling as like watching Michael Floyd amongst his receiver group mm-hmm. uh, at the time. He just he just looked different. I'm just like, dude, that that dude moves in like just a scary, slow yet incredibly fast and powerful way. Like very uh, like controlled movements, very um, like sharp, uh, and 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 the long stride in Kevin Austin's just ability to like when when he's running his routes is just it it just looks different. Now we don't know how exactly that's all going to translate, but you get the sense in just watching a couple clips of him. It's like, well, holy shit, man! If this guy's healthy, like I I I can see it. I can definitely see it. And then that's not even to. To mention the the uh, the improvements that have developed around him, that you know that they, they also spent a lot of time uh, praising and showing off today, like Brady, Brady Lindsay, Lawrence Keys, like you mentioned. But yeah, man, Kevin Austin looks the fucking part. That's for sure. I am mad about that comparison at all, and honestly, I mean that's that's kind of the way you know. If you don't want to compare him to Michael Floyd, fine, but maybe compare him to you know a type like a Chase Claypool is is that dependable yeah. person even if you want to go down the road to Miles Boykin you knew Boykin is a good one too you you know that that he it's a number one there's the number one receiver there and you don't yeah. have a doubt in your mind it's the guy that we didn't have a guy last season that was a wide receiver that a defensive coordinator felt like they had to take away and that's not to dog the performance of every skill position player that was out lined up wide because on on games and in moments, different receivers would step up here and there. Uh, I think the best example is Avery Davis in the Clemson game. Like, did anybody expect Avery to to be one of the big heroes of that game? I, I know Brent Venable sure as fuck didn't. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but the, the flip side to that is nobody scares you. So when you go up to against an Alabama it's like, okay, fine. One of you guys have one of those games, and then we'll try to adjust from there. And nobody had one of those games against Alabama. They just couldn't overcome, and it was fine. It was what it was. Now when you have somebody like Kevin Austin out there, that changes the equation dramatically. And then if on the flip side you have a healthy Braden Lindsay being able to do his thing, Lawrence Keyes finally getting up to his potential, and then you have Avery Davis being able to do whatever he can do out there. And you have uh, BK's favorite phrase was soft hands for about every single freshman skill player, <laughs> either out of the backfield or out wide. I mean, yeah. you got all that. And then there's that Michael Mayer guy who barely even has gotten any like ink or press or even breath out of BK because everybody just expects him to be great. I mean, yeah. that's 
all of a sudden, like uh, Rakes had pointed out, he he posted uh, a screenshot of one of his new letters. Like, what if this offense is just really good? And if all these things hit at once, this offense actually has the chance to be really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that this, this one practice has given me any, any reason to, like, not continue to approach the the season and the offense in general with caution, but like Vegas is still scared the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always gonna have me, man. That shit's got me. But uh, but but it definitely gives you it gives me a lot of optimism, unearned, but still like plenty of it because I mean you just look at you you can it's hard to deny in in college football the value of consistent and oppressing confidence and it's kind of what this this team is starting to appear to ooze already um this, that that alone can can i don't know make a difference of a couple scores in a game just because there's no quit there's no you know you can't break the spirit of a team that that performs at this level that knows it can and is pretty much waiting for its opportunity to do it at, at, at any moment that's kind of how the team is starting to look already from the beginning it is, and it's it's a different, and like I said, a different attitude to the way BK approaches the pressers. And yeah. honestly, you know, listening, uh, reading the way the Beat Report writes things, listening to the podcast from the people that are closest to the team, the way that they're talking about and writing about this team is so uniquely different as far as how the expectations are, because there's still be the critical aspects of trying to figure out what piece is going here or this team needs to step up and then when they circle back around they're like yeah this is a 10-win team like mm-hmm. all those things being said this should be a 10-win team and maybe we by god we might be talking about 10 wins being the floor right now for how this team mm-hmm. is playing how this team is recruiting and that's not something that they would dare say because they have seen the bottom fall out of way too many teams because of that overconfidence that they finally put it together and now it's just like we have so much evidence in front of us. It's it's hard to, you know, play devil's advocate to such a level that it's going to hit the low Vegas win total or everything's going to turn into a disaster. And, and yeah, obviously yeah. we're feeling great right now. But talk about reading between the lines, not only BK's demeanor, but the fact that this team is actually able to do things together. They had a full spring. They had yep. full summer season off work workouts. I, I know the transformational thing, like, kind of got beat to death. But when he's saying even Kyle Hamilton had a transformational, like, off-season workout, I think that's for him saying, um, Bayless got a chance to do his shit all year long. And <laughs> yeah. look at the difference now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got they got a full incubation period this time. It's, it's, we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and also uh, – you know, for a team that is bringing in grad transfers in, in pretty vital positions on the offensive line where you got to gel, quarterback where you got to gel and be a leadership, whether you're named a captain or not, the I don't know if you could pull that off in 2020. I really don't no, think you yeah. could. And I also think that may have been part of why Pryor, you know, struggled to find the field. Some of it's also talent around him, but it, it, it's hard to, to have that, like, unifying you know bk called it a brotherhood he said it didn't it feels like it now and and i think that's going to be something you see across and coaches be bullish about across the nation quite frankly that hey we got a chance to actually do the shit we wanted to do in the spring and the summer and now it's a whole different ball game i think you're going to see a lot of coaches kind of project this extra confidence as well so there's a little bit of that but also 
just just knowing the talent that's there and all this stuff that we've been waiting for, maybe it's just time it hits. I mean, we mentioned it before when we were uh, talking about wide receivers. It's like it took one season and it all turned around. This mm-hmm. could be that season. And then you have the recruiting on the back end and we could go from, man, Dell's got to do something to prove himself to, well, he proved himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, the recruiting already is like, Buh, okay, sorry. We're, I, di- I guess I didn't mean it, Dell, when I, when I questioned you and only you on the coaching <laughs> staff because shit, I mean, took him no time to shut me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I take, um, take that now. I know Greg yeah, so, Flamog I, and, and, and Single High is it's been like, all right, all you motherfuckers start apologizing. It's like, okay, Greg, yeah, I, I know you're talking to us. <laughs> it could be this the, the same kind of two to three year effect that a new head coaching uh turnaround could take. But just we know we just weren't quite sure what we were seeing and COVID happened. Um you know, at the wide receiver position because it's it seems like all of a sudden, you know, what what felt like like red alert oh my god panic what's happening wide receivers can we catch the ball will we throw is all of a sudden starting to feel like please like i mean we'll, we'll see if we can make time to run the ball this year basically you know what i mean like it's starting to feel like this is a, a, a going to be something that uh is i mean qu- maybe quietly unro- unveiled uh in the first couple of games but like by the third game of the season or fourth game of the season Notre Dame's passing offense is going to be like, what the fuck? Where, where, where did this incredibly scary unit come from? That, and that's what we're hoping. And, and look, we've we've talked about almost a half hour on the offense. We haven't even mentioned the running backs. No. I mean, think about that for a second. It's like the, the undisputed strength of this team. And yeah. we still don't know how effective the offensive line is going to be. We figure it's going to be pretty decent. But we have all this, you know, excitement that the skill position players could be better out wide. And you, you haven't even talked about Tyree. Haven't even talked about Kyron Williams. That's that's just mind-blowing that we can spend that yeah. much time talking about how things might be better. And, oh, this thing that we know is good, still going to be really good, by the way. Man, it's amazing how just doing these podcasts just like just absolutely wake awakens the pure homerism in in my in my brain <laughs> so much so it's like it's refuting all the logic that I spent months and months curating and 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 reaffirming within my brain and then looking at Vegas and saying aha see doing the fucking Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme like ah there it is uh, but no that now here we are talking about it and and, and somehow. I, I I can't I can't shake the feeling that maybe this offense is going to be amazing. Damn it! <laughs> I know. Uh, and the other thing, I I know uh, Josh over at One Foot Downs high on Mister Audrey Estime. Uh, I, I am yes yes. I think everybody is just because of how he's going to be on the freak list at some point. Uh, did you see the picture that Matt? Yeah. Freeman- I- Tweeted out. I was gonna say if if Kevin Austin feels like Michael Floyd amongst his receivers, Audric Estime feels like welcome freshman Jerome Bettis to the field. It's like who is this giant baby? What? It, it, it's somehow a more Jack Jerome Bettis. I mean, yes. I I called him when I you know when we first like got the first look and he was doing the off season workouts and just this monster it's like who the fuck is this and and Josh made a comment it's like imagine being a linebacker seeing that come at you I'm like yeah, imagine linebacker that. that is the fucking linebacker I that's like to apologize it. because now that I've seen this man in pads yeah. that's a defensive end 
playing the running back yeah. position. Yeah. And he's a yeah. freaking freshman. Stefan Tua taking fucking carries. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that I, I cannot believe that man is 18, and I will not yeah. call him a kid. That is a full grown ass man. Back Just there. imagine the Bayless effect on that creature. My Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then apparently he wasn't even turning heads on carries. It was Josh Lug with the threes yeah. turning heads at how well he was playing. Lo- Logan Diggs? Oh, Logan Diggs. I'm sorry. I yeah. Yes, Logan Diggs. I don't know where I'm I'm thinking too much about the offensive line. I'm looking at beef I think, and thinking I line. think you you were looking for Logan and your brain heard Lug and put the O from Josh in it and said <laughs> some, somewhere in here Let's we're not talking try to about how Josh my brain Lug. actually works. We just know <laughs> I'm going to babble some kind of nonsense. Logan uh, Diggs, yeah. I, I mean, you you if there, you go back and watch the clips of him. <laughs> Dude's running like fucking like he's like a knife through butter. It's it's impressive. And then we still got Sebo Flemister on the roster. Like, yeah, shit. <laughs> holy shit! It, it, it's really feeling like, and that's why I think I'm starting to get it, the realization is dawning on me that there's this ridiculous amount of depth on the team. There's all this ridiculous skill, and then you see the young guns come in. You're like, "Holy shit! Those guys are going to be really good too." Like, this isn't the same Notre Dame team I've been cheering for. I I mean, let's be quite honest. My fandom truly started when I stepped foot on campus in 2003. I have not seen teams that have been stacked like this. There's always, you know, not necessarily that there's no holes in this team. But they're not glaring, and I'm not looking two to three years down the road going, uh, yeah, but uh, it may bite us in the ass in the next few years. Like, this is the danger year this year, and I'm actually feeling good. Yeah. It's it just, I, I mean, again, like I said, it just, it's, it's just like, it's partly aggravating, part enlightening, because it's like, I should know better, goddammit, but <laughs> somehow, somehow, there's a part of me that can't help but look at this and say, like, I think maybe the, you know, the, maybe the idea is to like, it's to mind game us. So like, hey, remember last time you weren't sure what Brian Kelly had? Oh, that means an eight and five season, right? Betters, here's eight wins. Maybe that's, maybe that's the whole ploy. And, I, but this team may be really, really, really good on offense. Hey, Lowell listeners, if you're looking for something just a little bit different in your Irish merch, why don't you head on over to the HLS store? You can reach it by going to herloyalsons.com slash store. Check out all kinds of different designs for t-shirts, masks, children's apparel, sweatshirts, stickers, magnets, you name it. Our T public stores probably have it. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com slash store. I mean, we've talked a lot about offense. How about we switch over to the defense? All right, we, we haven't even bothered talking about them yet. And, and speaking of, wow, how much can change in a season or two, you remember back when we were trying to figure out who's going to play linebacker, just period. Who's going to start? <laughs> yeah. Now you got Brian Kelly up there. It's like, go talk to Marcus, because I have no idea how we're going to get all these guys on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's become an embarrassment of riches. And I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of just like, I don't, I don't know what to make of it other than like, I I can't wait to see what rotations do what kind of damage because I just, it doesn't feel like the kind of year where 
you come in saying, okay, here are definitely the top three players at the position, you know, at linebacker that we know will definitely, one of them will be on the field at all times, and then we'll see what combinations work, what gels by the middle of the season, and what holds. No, no, this just kind of feels like a, you know, let me know what, what level of devastation you're looking for. Would you like lateral devastation? Would you like fully vertical? Would you like, you know, would you like us to blitz the entire country? Would you like, you know, it, it just seems like, it just seems like there's like a, like, choose your weapon, <laughs> you know, and, and I, 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 it's, it's straight, like, again, it's, it's the similar feeling of wide receivers and even kind of quarterbacks. It's like, where the hell did, suddenly the earth flip and now i feel like you know come at me bro about the linebacker position yeah it's it's absolutely crazy it's fun and and when we go back to talk about doing the rankings that was actually the hardest part of doing it was when i got to the you know trying to figure out what defensive players i was going to rank because at the i was not satisfied with how i did any of it because when i looked at it i'm like i've left people out and it's like there's other people that I could make an argument to go on this list. But at the end of the day, I just had to submit something. But it was because of this. It's because of the people. It starts with the linebacking core to me because usually you could just say, all right, two, three linebackers, you know, usually two at most. And then I'm done with with that position here. I'm like, I, I it's like the defensive line. You can rotate people in and out and. I, I, I can make an argument for any of them. And, you know, the defensive line also looking ridiculously stout as well. Um, <laughs> now that we know that Jason Bortello is is not in some weird rumored uh, doghouse zone <laughs> or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so that, that front seven, still scary, going to be yeah. scary. And, and damn, it's it's awesome. Yeah, That's I mean, I'm mean, awesome. It's really it's it's the funny thing is it's going to create kind of like now now the onus kind of falls on the let's see just how far these corners have come to kind of like you know plug up the holes in, and question marks all of a sudden it's like there's no real doubt on the defensive line there's certainly no doubt it seems like at linebacker like safety I mean lol uh, but you know of course depth is always a concern of that position uh, now it's just kind of like yeah we hear Tariq Bracey's coming along we hear. You know, Cam Hart's really put it together. We hear, you know, that it that you know Clarence Lewis has switched to the the legendary six. Like, let's see what happens at the corner position. And yet, even that message after today has that it has like the aura of you know it's wh- whatever you think you you're you're not sure about this season. Get ready because we're about to blow your fucking pants off with what we've got. I mean that. I don't. I don't really know how else to explain it other than you, you. We we came into the season saying we all know that we love Kyle Hamilton. We all know that that's working, and we're just gonna have to see what happens with the rest. Now it's like I would love to find the weak spot because I'm I'm having a hard time seeing it. And here's the other thing, uh, especially in this day and age with the way college football is and, and how things get spread out. Brian Kelly outright said, and, and it, it this goes in relation to Tariq Bracey that. Yeah. Marcus Freeman's not going to put nickel out there unless the tight end's gone. And what that shows is not exactly, it's not just a scheme matchup to where it's like NCAA, you know, in the video game. You see X amount of receivers and you only put X amount of corners out there. In today's game, you're almost willing to take the tight end and cornerback mismatch because that tight end is usually such a threat because 
the bigger threat is your linebacker trying to cover that tight end because they receive so well these days. Now, basically, it's like, nope, in Freeman's scheme, we got the safety and linebacker that can handle it. Cool. We're fine. And, and yep. that that is huge to say in this day and age, we are fine leaving the nickel off the field because you know who did that against us? It was fucking Alabama made that exact move against us because so many people faced us base nickel to be able to run down their throat. This is the kind of switch we're having. And not only that, BK was saying, by the way, I don't know if Tariq has earned it yet. He's close, but he's still fighting for it. And the way he answered the question about his confidence was so interesting and so almost weird because Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, all that confidence he projected was basically bullshit. He was trying to talk himself in to playing better. Now... He actually knows he can play to that level, so now we just need to see it. And for a coach to say very specifically that, hey, all this stuff you saw was just his bravado, and then he realized he might have been physically outclassed, and that's the quote-unquote confidence you saw shattered, and now he's a different player. I mean, just just think about the, the light that you have Tariq's play, especially last year, kind of yeah. with that in mind with BK. I don't think it's really slandering Bracey or anything like that. I think it's a really interesting insight that BK has on him. I mean, if you ever played sports, man, that's just that's how some coaches use motivation. He probably knows his audience, and that that's the type of shit that clearly works for Tariq Bracey is to share the message that, like, yeah, he used to blow, you know, a lot of fucking smoke. And now, you know, he's pure fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not it's not something that he he's going to shy away from. He's probably he'll, he'll probably be the first to tell you, like, I, I, I was doing that shit on just, you know, on hope and a prayer. Now I got the skills and the tools to actually back it up. I, I, I think that's I, I don't I definitely don't see it as a slight. No, not, not at all. And uh, and also, if we, we have talking about waiting for players to finally hit uh, that ceiling of potential. If you get Houston Griffith finally, you know, finally has it all come together as well. You're yeah. looking at just one of the most ridiculous secondaries that we've ever put together, anchored by Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, he that is a legit <laughs> possibility right now. Yeah, yeah, man. I, 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 I'm just it's there. It's such it's such incredible potential for there to be like just this. You know, it's one of those perfect confluence of event seasons where like everybody is just at that perfect point in their careers and everyone has now of course on top of that the extra year that they can all just you know take advantage gel and maybe you know way 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 outperform any expectation and be somewhere they're not supposed to be at the end of the season you know and we're all like losing our shit equally the potential then thereby also feels like one thing or two things not not leading to what we're what we're being told or what is being expected of them at this stage, one or two things not going that way could also potentially feels like derail the entire message if if reality doesn't up, doesn't end up matching perception. Yeah, it's man, this is a weird position to be in. Yeah. You know, we, we, <laughs> we I, I think we're coming at this in a full full Homer perspective. Maybe maybe it's because this is our last season in the podcast. We're throwing caution to the wind. No, nah, man, I, I genuinely have like a weird combination of both ends of the spectrum for some reason. Like the you know the the quote unquote cosmic evidence points me in one direction that I have to squint at very closely, and then looking at the footage, listening to the voice, and. Like just feeling the confidence and, and just observing the overall dynamic and, and, and demeanor 
has me looking in the other direction, being like, how are these motherfuckers going to win the national title, bitch? You know, like it, even though it makes no sense. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you want to, I can throw a wet blanket on it and say Bill C. updated his SP Plus ratings and put Notre, put Notre Dame in 18. Ah, oh, fucking, mm, I said 15. Good Lord, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. He, he's going to release the projected win totals later that he okay. adjusted. So we'll, we'll see We'll see if he gives us more than seven this time. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to ask him if he owns property in Vegas. <laughs> If if it stays seven and the yeah, and the over under win total doesn't change at all for Notre Dame, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. next time we have this podcast, we're gonna know probably have more insight into what the starting lineup is on the offensive line, where we're gonna know who the starting quarterback is for sure, and it's it's probably gonna be Cone. We'll have the captains, and oh yeah, I, I mean, we're really gonna be looking at uh, almost previewing. What this team will look like going into the season. It, it almost feels like, are, are there any other questions you're really waiting on? Because to be quite honest, if once the O-line kind of gets plugged in, I, I, I don't see too much more info that we really need to kind of like squeeze out of practice. No, I mean, once you have the O-line established, the questions are really going to surround, uh, you know, packages, um Depth charts, I guess, if you will, who's 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 going to be, you know, starting at what positions, you know, consistently. Uh, captaincy, I mean, that's really neither here nor there. Uh, conditioning, health, you know, how how the the, the actual uh, fall camp plays out, uh, making sure that that's not a question. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, at that point, it's really like the the questions. You know, at this point in everyone's, I think, fandom, there are some questions that are just kind of a wasted fucking exercise. It's just like, you know, the kinds of things that you, the kinds of things that you just wait until the the first game to see is like, oh, you know, how how much has Jack Cone progressed? Like, you know, you, you can stop wasting, you know, your, your crystal balling and looking at the, the, the practice footage to ascertain that because you're really not going to see that until... The offense has to, you know, come out for the first drive and definitely not go three and out. That, that's that's the that's the whole first thing that we all know we have to kind of expect. Second thing is, will the offensive line fall start in the first fucking series or not? <laughs> in Tallahassee, no less. <laughs> in Tallahassee, no less. So I mean, that's that's another one. Uh, but no, I mean, like once you start to just kind of see who's, you know, who's in what position, who's going to be in what rotations, you know, how much of Blake Fisher and Rock Spindler do we actually see? Once you start to kind of get a sense for how much they're actually running with the ones and twos, you know, then everything else kind of starts to, you, you can start to piece together what, you know, what, what the, at least what the personnel is going to look like. And then it, it, you know, then ascertaining what the game plans are going to be is, is that's all starting with the games. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we got two more weeks of us prognosticating in this fashion uh, as far as waiting for, for game type stuff to happen. And then September 2nd, the sim will return. If you're wondering when the picks pod will come back, I had a chat with Eddie Wednesday, August 25th, because there is a week zero. So we will have futures in week zero. I, I think about that. We're a couple weekends away from the return of co- actual college football. Yeah, man. I cannot wait. We're finally here. I'm ready to get it rolling. I'm incredibly excited uh, with what this team will bring and incredibly excited for for what we're going to be able to cover in these next couple of weeks leading up to the season as well. 
Uh, but folks, I mean, that's that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And make sure, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join us over in Discord. That is our live chat channel at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Join us over in Twitch. Like I said, September 2nd is when those Sims get rolling. Go ahead and give yourself a follow over there over at twitch.tv slash herlittlesons. And of course, for the remainder of the season, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. As always, folks, go Irish, stay safe, beat Seminoles. Have a good one.